0: Turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 11. Normally when you preach on this, it's a very serious subject. And I'm just giggling. I don't, you know, I just... (laughs) We're not going to be... Everybody just look at the person next to you and say, it's not going to be serious today. We're going to lighten up. Amen. We're going to lighten up. I was talking with Rob and Tammy out in in the... the, uh, entryway earlier and i said you know I, I don't understand why we make everything so pressured you know every, when god speaks to us we immediately get pressured like we got to do something and that just shuts our soul off it, it makes it where we can't receive from god after that and then we're thinking oh god why ain't you doing this and God's saying you know you are you just shut down on me i can't do anything because you shut down on me loosen up Amen. Learn to, learn to just relax and enjoy what God's doing. You can't do anything about it anyway. If God said that he's going to do it, what can you do? Just enjoy the journey. Right. Amen. Go with him. Amen. Just go with it. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me, in the blood. This do as often as you drink, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Amen. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep now, we've been talking about physical wholeness and healing and we can't we can't do this teaching justice without addressing a statement that Paul made that because of, of uh, not having the right attitude because of in and into this unworthily he said many of you are weak this tongue to the body the, the believers the people of God Many of you are weak and sick, and many of you have died because you do not discern the Lord's body. Now, the word discern means to separate, to, uh, to isolate or to, to make significant. You, it, it's talking about not, not making it a common thing. You do not discern the Lord's body. You don't, you, you don't just make this some common thing. You've got you to separate it and realize that there is a powerful, significant thing that happened here. And we, we have to honor the, the presence of God. We have to honor the gift of God. We have to honor the sacrifice of God. But he's talking about the body. And he said, this do, when we're, we take the cup and we eat the bread, he said, do this in remembrance of me this whole week there's been something stirring in my spirit about this word and I have dug and I have looked and I have studied and and tore it apart and put it back together I was up at five o'clock this morning sitting there praying and talking to God about this thing. God help me to understand what it is you want to say here but the word remembrance is powerful the word re the, the 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 prefix in front of this word re re in the greek is ana ana normally it was used to uh, to mean again to repeat or again but here is a totally different meaning the word ana or the prefix ana in this statement in this word does not mean just to to simply have a an, the, an external bringing of remembrance but this is what it says it says but an, an awakening of the mind the prefix anna here is is a descriptive term in remembrance that means to awaken the mind to jesus is saying this do In a way of awakening the mind to who I am, what I've done, what is is it that the church is, an awakening of the mind. Do you know when your mind wakes up, all of a sudden you see things. Val was talking about that this morning when the fog lifts. All of a sudden you're able to, to see clearly when you wake up. I was sitting in my office this morning, of course, I've had grandkids all weekend, so there hadn't been a lot of sleep, and those little outfits are, are like, they, they are balls of energy. And I just want to somehow, you know, absorb some of that energy from them. Instead, they suck all the energy out of me. I don't know how that happens, but they are they are just balls of energy. They never stop, you know, we finally until we finally get them to bed and get them to go to sleep. And so, you know, that's been one thing, but then... You know, just, just trying to uh, hear and understand. And so I was sitting in my office early this morning reading. The next thing I know, I'm waking up because I've, I got up early and, I, and all of a sudden I, I woke up. And I thought, oh man, you know, I'm, I, I went to sleep. I awakened. That's what our minds need to do. God is, God is wanting to awaken us. Just all of a sudden awaken us to, hey, this is real. There's something going on here that I'm not seeing, that I haven't seen before, and I need to get on board with this. I got to tell you something. There is an awakening taking place that is, that is moving. God is moving so powerfully right now, and it's deep They they sang the song, Deep Cries Out the Deep. It is a deep move of God. Many are missing it because we work in the shallows. But this is a deep move. There is a deep stirring in the hearts of people that are really seeking after God. There's this deep stirring going on, and it's happening. There's an awakening going on, and he is bringing revelation to the body of Christ. and, And there are some things beginning to open up. There are some doors beginning to open up and we're going to begin to see things a whole lot clearer than we've seen them before and There's a move. God is moving. God is God is assembling. He's bringing together He's causing us to rise up and there are people that are going to begin to rise up and join together that have never joined together before but it's not going to be because they have common mind because they have a common pole. You understand what I'm talking about? A common pull of God, a pulling of the Spirit. So he says, Re, I want to awaken you. I want to, as often as you do this, I want you to awaken your mind to be awakened to what God is doing. So he said, You do not discern the Lord's body. That's the reason. You're not understanding. the The word discern just just simply means to separate, to understand, to set it aside, and say this is significant, this is important, and and so every time we think about it, we need to understand. And and when we take uh, communion, we need to understand that this is a very sim- important and significant happening. It is not something we're just remembering that happened 2,000 years ago that Jesus did. It is fresh, it's alive, it's right now, it is the church, it's the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, it says, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things of the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. The body, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. Now, I want you to think for, with me for a minute. There, there was, we, we do communion, we talk about the body that was sacrificed. When you go back in the Old Testament in, in Exodus, I think it's Exodus chapter 12, You you begin to look at at the Passover this is Jesus uh, signified this uh, Passover date by having what we call the Lord's Supper on the Passover he celebrated Passover by bringing his disciples together and and he he broke the bread and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you and he took the cup and he said this is this is the blood of the new covenant for you okay and so the blood it's it's i want you to listen to this he did not say you do not discern the blood of jesus and that's why many are weak and sick, sick among you and many sleep he said you do not discern the body made a very significant statement here that has to do with the body which we consider to be the lesser and yet Jesus, or Paul, is making a statement here and making reference to the body instead of the blood. You would think he would be talking about the blood of Jesus because it's by his blood we have remission of sins. But he's saying it's, it's the body. You don't discern the Lord's body. In Ephesians and, and in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, Paul began to make some distinctions and there was a, a change that began to take place. There was a transfer of, of statement. There was a transfer of understanding that began to take place. And that is, Paul began to, to associate the church, the members of the body, with the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here in Ephesians, he says that Jesus is the head, but we are the body that feels all in all. Now, if the devil has ever had a sly, um, well, everything he does is sly. He's a liar and a deceiver. But he has been doing his best to try to get the church to dismember itself. Turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's, Let's just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We look at this as the, the chapter on gifts, but he's talking about the body. In verse 12, you got that? Verse 12, First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that, bo- that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. I want you to listen to that statement. For as the body is one... And has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and and have been all been made to drink of one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Amen. The body is not one. Now, remember, he, he said, You did not discern the Lord's body. It's one of the reasons there's, there's sickness and infirmity and weakness and early death. He couldn't be talking about just regular death because it's appointed unto man once to die. We're all going to die. But he said, many of you sleep the sleep of death. He had to be referring to untimely death. You know, I've heard, I've heard this said at funerals so many times, and I, I, I always, I, I don't, I, anyway, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get quite so irritated. My face doesn't show it as much anymore, but I hear pe- ministers at, at funerals on people that died of cancer and died of car wrecks and stuff like that. Say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. I I just almost get angry and want to jump up and say, how dare you blame God for what man has done? Amen. Now, Job said that in the oldest book of the Bible. Job made that statement, and it was a true statement except for the fact that it wasn't God doing the taking away. God didn't do the taking away, God gave, did the giving, amen, but I, I preached on this here a while back that, that Satan was con- confronting God and saying, there is nobody on earth that you have, you have no authority on earth because you've lost every human being on earth. Now remember, for a spiritual entity to have authority in the earth, they have to work through a human body because God gave authority to Adam. Humanity. So God or the devil does not have any dominion or authority unless he has people, unless they have people cooperating with them and working with them. And so Job found himself in the crosshairs of the devil because somehow he was the only one that God could come up with and say, have you considered my servant Job? Job. And the devil said, Yeah, I have, but I can't touch him because you're protecting him. Not only are you protecting him, you're protecting all the blessings you put on. I can't even get to his blessings. Oh, well, we ought to just shout over that. I mean, good night. The devil said, I can't even get to what you've given him. I can't touch it. And so God said, I have to allow Job to suffer because I need the devil to know that I have somebody representing me in earthly form in a human body on the earth. (laughs) And so he said, you can touch what he has, but don't touch his life. Now, Job suffered a lot of things, a lot of loss. I mean, my goodness, it's just one after another, after another, after another. And then then his body became uh, covered in boils. I've never had one, but I understand that they are very, very sore. They become very And his whole body was covered in these boils, these oozing boils. And so, you know, that was awful. Everything was bad for Job. Everything had turned Bad, and I get I gotta challenge you a lot of times when you read the Old Testament, people or man make statements about God that are unqualified because of their view. When it says, and God did so and so, you just gotta understand that that's the only view they had because they sell God as the Almighty, but there's somebody else working. Amen. The devil is the prince and power of the air. He's the inflictor. He's, he's, the, he's the one that inflicts pain. He's the one that sends tornadoes and hurricanes They are not acts of God. God does not operate in cancer. He does not put cancer on anybody. He does not put sickness or infirmity on anybody. Amen. He, he's not that kind of teacher. Now, he will give you the desires of your heart, and you will suffer the desires of your heart. You know, people quote that and say, well, God said he'd give me the desires of my heart. That's right. If you go after something hard enough, God will get out of the way and let you have it. Even if it's not good for you. Even if it causes pain for you. Amen. Amen. I've, I've, I've had so many people try to defend, you know, going out and partying and stuff and going to bars with their friends and their Christian people, and I tell them, I say, look, you know, why are you trying to defend that stuff? It's your own selfishness. It's your own, amb- it's your own desires. It's your own cravings. Don't blame God for this. Well, God says it's Okay. No, God never said anything about it. He said, come out from among them and be separate. And touch not the unclean thing. Amen. I realize that's strange preaching for today. But I got to tell you something. If you want God, if you want the blessings of God, if you want purity, if you really want to have a change in your life, give up the stupid silliness and turn your heart to God. Can a preacher say stupid silliness? Yes. I just did. <laughs> I have people all the time tell me, well, you know, it, there, all this legalization. Can I take a side note for a minute? All this legalization of marijuana, it don't hurt you. There's no harm in it. It's fine. It's just like alcohol. Well, I'm against alcohol. I'm against anything that makes you intoxicated and makes it to where you can't think and, and operate and function properly. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen amen come on somebody but one of the reasons we don't hear anything is because because all the lobbyists in america that are that are just salivating on all the money they're going to make won't allow the studies to be shown but belgium recently did a study on the connection between marijuana and and uh mental illness you don't hear about this stuff do you See, years ago, back in the '60s and '70s, the percentage of, of PCP in marijuana was something like six or seven percent. Now it's that because of their farming techniques, they have increased that to over 30 percent. So it's so much stronger now. And now it is causing social anxiety disorder. People get to where they can't be around other people. There's social anxiety disorder. And it's also causing schizophrenia. People are developing schizophrenia, but they don't know what's causing it. They're just getting crazy, and they don't know why. It's because you're you're ingesting PCP into your body, and it's damaging your brain. Come on, somebody. Y'all shutting down on me. Amen. I, I'm sorry. I'm 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 sorry. I'm just raining on your smoking after church. <laughs> now I realize a lot of people talk about CB, CBD oil and and all that kind of stuff. There, marijuana has good uses, just like all other drugs have good uses. But they've been turned into wrong things. Amen. Just because hemp makes a stronger rope than anything else doesn't mean you need to smoke the rope. Amen. (laughs) CBD oil might help relieve pain by rubbing it on your joints. Just don't snort it up your nose. I mean, come on, somebody. Get some smarts about you. We need to understand that Jesus Christ did not die for us to just, to just self-destruct. Man, I've been meddling. I, I better just... I keep feeling pulled towards sugar, and I, I'm, a, I'm afraid everybody's just... I'm afraid y'all are just going to leave me if I start getting on sugar. <laughs> that substance that is more addictive than heroin... The latest studies say it's more addictive than heroin and cocaine. Matter of fact, it has the same effect on your brain as cocaine has. And we ingest it. (laughs) And then we sit there in a dumb stupor because our brains are shut down. then we get in bad attitudes because insulin has attacked us, our our bloodstream with insulin and just poured on and just drives our blood sugar down. And then we get crabby and we get in fights and we almost get divorces because we eat sugar. <laughs> Come on somebody. Yeah. See, hey, Pastor, how in the world did you get from from communion to that? you gonna find out you do not discern the Lord's body you are a member of the body not a body the body no matter where we go what church if we are saved and born again we are a member of the body One of the reasons that we are so unhealthy today is because we have dismantled and tore apart the body of Christ because he said we are one body. We are many members and one body. He said we're weak and sickly because we do not discern the Lord's body. Now, this is Apostle Paul speaking, and in Paul's writings, he makes the transition from just the body of the Lord Jesus Christ to The church being the body. memory said, remember. Now, this is what's been going on in my heart, and I have dug, and I have tried to justify this. I have tried to bring understanding to it. I've looked at it from every, every place, and I've told myself just to forget it and go on, and I can't. You ever been OCD about something? This just keeps going over and over and over in my heart, that Jesus was doing more than saying, remember my body. Because the word re, to have an awakening to, member. That's a strange word, isn't it, for thinking? Member is talking about member, a piece, a part. Re, have an awakening to the member. This do in remember in my body. This is what's been going on in my heart my mind that Jesus was telling us after I die and raise again from the dead, do this as you put back together my body. Remember. Bring back together my body because all of you are going to find your place as my body, a different piece, a different part to understand in order to function, in order to work. Everybody has a different part, a different place and a different calling, a different anointing, but we're all from the same spirit and all part of the same body. The dismembering has been the the tactic of Satan. Satan has been dismembering and pulling the body apart. Dissension. Remember where Paul said that where envy and strife is, or no, it's James, where envy and strife is, is confusion and every evil work. Where envy and strife is, is confusion and every evil work. What is it that the enemy wants to do more than anything? He wants to cause strife envy, division in the body of Christ because that brings confusion and therefore allows the devil to bring every evil work into the body. Therefore, dividing us even further apart to where we can't join together and we can't just simply function as the body. Jesus was not just saying, remember this body. He was saying, look, I am dying, but you are going to become the body of of God, and you are going to be the members on earth. They're going to produce the kingdom of God. God is not down here by himself trying to build a kingdom. The kingdom of God will be built by the people of God who are the Members, Amen. We got to have the hands, the feet, the mouth. We got to have every part so that the body of Christ works and functions. One of the reasons that we are so weak and anemic is because we will not respect or discern the body. Because of our likes and dis. I said this, was, this wasn't going to get serious. It's getting serious, ain't it? We don't discern the Lord's body. We say, well, I don't, I don't really care for that type of, of, of preaching or teaching. Listen, sometimes you need to put your likes aside and listen to it. If somebody has a revelation of the Word of God, you need to be able to listen to it, even if you have to force yourself to listen to it, because it, you need to understand what that part of the body has to offer. If all you ever do is take part in one part of the body, then you're going to be dismembered and you're not going to have a fullness. Remember, Apostle Paul said that he has given gifts to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's just fine. He also said later in, in, Ephes- in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13, chapter 12, the end of chapter 12, he said, I've also given uh, uh, works of miracles, healings, helps, administrations See there's not just five. We talk about five, but there's more than that. Administration in the body of Christ is so important. We got to understand that most churches and ministries fall apart not because of a lack of anointing, but because of a lack of administration. A lack of helps See, a lot of people think that helps is somehow a lesser in the body of Christ. i got to tell you something. It is not a lesser in the body of Christ. It is amazing. Matter of fact, without the gifts of, gift of helps, nothing will ever get done. You can have the greatest revelation. You can have the greatest program. You can have the greatest message and do everything right. But if there's not people with the call of, gift, of, of helps on their life operating in that gift, it will lay dormant and never amount to anything. Amen. Administration and helps is not the lesser. They are the glue. They hold it all together. I have to have have administrators around me because I am a visionary. I'm a prophetic visionary. I have an apostolic call on my life. I am not patient. (laughs) I don't like details. I need people around me that, that like details because I do not like details. I like, I like to head in a direction, and I need the people that put the pieces together as we head in the direction. <laughs> I have no problem charging the wall and, and, and running my head straight into it to break it down. But as far as building what's behind, I need people that are able to reassemble things. You Know what I'm talking about? That doesn't mean that I'm lacking. It means that I need people. I need the body. Amen. I need people that have the abilities to do what one of, the, one of the biggest downfalls of the church today is we have put pastors in as CEOs that are supposed to be able to do everything. Pastors are not supposed to do everything. They're not supposed to know how to do everything. If they know how to do everything, then why do we need the body? Amen. We'd have really been upset with the early apostles. All they did was, was, was pray and study. Matter of fact, when they came to, to, to Peter with some needs and said, hey, there's some widows being left out of the you know, daily ministration of the food and stuff, they said, well, well, see to it. Appoint some people and see to it. You know? Which is hard for me because I'm a doer. I like, to get out, I like to get out there and just make, make it happen. But the problem is I make a whole lot of stuff happen, and I just make a big mess because i got to have the people that know how to put it together when I tear it all apart. Yeah. Amen. We don't discern the Lord's body. And because of that, we have become dismembered. And by being, becoming dismembered, we are, we are not appreciating and respecting the parts of the body that we desperately need to make us whole, to make us healed, and to make us come alive in God. Amen. We can't, we can't function just on the, the preaching of an evangelist. If somebody that has an evangelistic call in their life becomes a pastor, they, they wear the church out trying to evangelize, but they don't build the church. you got to have people that build the church. That's why, that's why he gave everybody. You know, I'm, when I'm preaching overseas, I use, I use my hand to illustrate, and they, they think this is great. The thumb, the thumb represents the apostle. The reason the thumb represents the apostle is because the thumb can touch all the other gifts. Only finger, only part of your hand that can touch all the other gifts. An apostle can work with everybody in everything, but that doesn't mean that's their call. But they know it. They can work in it. The prophet is the direction, the pointing finger. We, we, use, we use our finger to point with. Amen. I was preaching in India and I was preaching this in India, and I had to let them know. I say, look, I, I use this, this finger as a pointer finger. I said, I said, look, in America, this is the pointer finger because most of them use their middle finger. And I said, that will not work in America. You're going to get, you're gonna have to get right here. And I said, this is the pointer finger. The prophetic gives direction, Give direction and insight. The middle finger is the evangelist because it has the longest reach. It reaches out. It reaches out beyond the church. It reaches out beyond the walls. And then the other finger is what we call the ring finger. This finger is the only finger in your hand that has a blood vessel that you can trace all the way back to your heart. The heart of the pastor, the pastor is the one that has the heart of the sheep. And then the little finger, the teacher, Everybody thinks, well, that's a little finger. It's not as significant. Try to grip something without that finger. That little finger is the strongest, strongest member of your hand. You take your little finger off, and you don't have any grip. You take the teacher out of the body of Christ, and we don't have any grip on the Word of God. We don't have any grip on the things of God. But that little finger, did you ever notice how much muscle that God assigned to that little finger? Look at all the muscle on the side of your hand. None of the rest of your fingers have that, but your little finger has extra muscles. These fingers are tied to these muscles up here, but your little finger has extra muscles even in your hand and that also tied to these muscles up here. It is the strongest part of your hand, and without it, you can't get a grip. Amen. Try to grip something without it. See, we've got to learn to remember. We've got to, we've got to hear the call of God to bring the body of Christ back together, back into his presence, back into what it's supposed to be, because he was talking to the first Corinthian church. He was talking to the Corinthian church, and they were immature. They came behind in no spiritual gift, but they were immature. Now, listen, they, they were selfish, selfish, selfish preach it good brother kevin amen thank you for coming praise god hallelujah they got to get to their their service oh thank god whenever we we really get a grip on what god's trying to say to us we'll understand that animosity enmity Jealousy and wrath is what makes us sick in the body of Christ. Competition. Competition. I had a prayer leader ask me what what I felt like was one of the major uh, problems in this area with the body of Christ, and I said, Competition and self-promotion. Didn't even hesitate because I've been here all my life. I've watched it, been a part of it. Had to repent. Competition, self-promotion. Those are the two strongest things that we have to deal with in the body of Christ today. And the devil will try to get you to start looking down your nose at somebody or being intimidated by somebody. Or he'll try to get you upset at somebody else in the church. Just something about them just starts irritating you. And next thing you know, you can't come to church without just, without just being irritated by that person. You ever had that? Some of you said, yeah, I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> I realize that. <laughs> If the enemy can't get us to stop, he will try to get us to come apart. Amen. That's like the lie that went through the church here while back, and it, thankfully it's losing a little bit of steam, but there was this lie that went through the church, real powerful, and a lot of people bought into it, that I don't have to go to church, I don't have to be around under Christians to serve God. And, and so they went to their homes, and they, and they stay all by themselves, and they stay at home, and, and they, they don't participate with the body of Christ. You have dismembered the Lord's body. You cannot dismember the Lord's body. No matter how much they irritate you, you can't dismember the Lord's body. Amen. You've got to, a lot of people say, well, I don't want to be around Christians here on this earth, but you, you're going to go to heaven and spend eternity with us. <laughs> Believe me, you're not going to have your own little isolated but, cabin in the corner of glory land you're going to have to live with everybody else you're going to have to live and dwell with everybody else amen if I irritate you now just wait till you have eternity to put up with me I mean come on somebody <laughs> Yeah, we, we, might ought to learn, we might ought to learn to be a little more accepting and tolerable of each other down here on this earth shouldn't we amen praise God you say, well, we're going to be different in heaven. Don't count on it. <laughs> I'm li- we're, we're liable to be even stronger than we are now. I mean, you know. <laughs> People tell me that I'm very opinionated. I don't think I'm opinionated. I just think I know what's going on. And I tell, I tell Betty, I say, look, people like me are necessary because people like me, you know, sometimes have to make decisions and irritate everybody. And then everybody else gets involved after they've been irritated by the guy making the decisions. And, you know, anyway, let's get off of that. <laughs> remember, remember, put back together to bring back together the body of Christ. And I feel God speaking very strongly in my spirit. This week, I've just felt this pull that God is bringing people together full of purpose. Amen. I've been sending out text messages to some men that God gave me their names And I feel like God is raising up some men that are going to begin to make things happen. Going to begin to pull things into place. Amen. Going to take position. Going to position themselves against the enemy that is trying to devour. Steal, kill, and destroy. Not going to let it happen anymore. Amen. Not going to let it happen anymore. We've got to take our position. Praise God. Ushers, get ready. We're going, to, we're going to start passing out the elements. We're going to do communion here in a minute. But I want you to understand something. Bill, Bill Johnson said something the other day. I was watching a little video of him about communion. And he said something very, very powerful. He said, when him and his wife take communion, he said, we, we regularly take communion together, he said, we pray for everybody. We pray for the healing. We pray for everybody. And then he said something that really grabbed my heart. He said, I have some men in the body of Christ that feel it their job to oppose me, to try to stop me, to oppose me. They feel like I'm wrong. And he said, they, they, they see it as, as their job to oppose me and try to Try to stop me. And he said, when we take communion, he said, we pray for these men that God would bless them, that God would multiply them. That God, he said, they feel like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing in the kingdom of God. And he said, I'm not going to be angry at them. I'm not going to separate from them because, because they feel like they need to come after me about something. He said, I pray for him. He said, matter of fact, one of them is suffering with cancer right now. And he said, Me and my wife pray for his healing every time we take communion and bless this man and bless his family. And bless they're they're not they're not doing that to try to somehow do something evil to him. <coughs> Vengeance, like Brother Steve talked about last week, justice and vengeance. That's not what it's about. You know, I've heard heard people for years, you know, use that verse in the Bible that just heap coals of fire upon their head. I've heard them use that like you're somehow hurting them somehow. I'm going to be nice to them and just heap coals of fire on their head. What a misunderstanding of the Word of God. To heap coals of fire on their head, it means that you have just given them provision because they had these containers that they would carry home. They would go get coals of fire. I don't know who had the coals of fire, but they, they would go get coals of fire, carry them home in his container with this pad on top of their heads so it wouldn't burn them, and they would carry that home so that they could, they could cook and have something to eat. And the Bible talks about heaping coals of fire on their head. It's not about getting back at them about something or making them feel bad. It's about blessing them. giving blessing. Praise God. They might, they might be talking bad about me, but I'm going to heap coals of fire on their head. I'm going to bless them. Praise God. I'm just going to bless them. I want to see God touch their lives. I want to see God bless them. I want to see God fulfill their lives. Over the years when people have decided to oppose me about something and, and, and get real ugly about it, my response has always been, been this, and ever since God told me, he told me, he said, this is how I want you to behave yourself. I want you to act as if you have nothing to prove, nothing to defend, and you own nothing. In other words, you don't take ownership of that situation. And so the thing I do is immediately I back off and I start praying blessings on that person. Why? Because I want to free myself because if they don't turn around, they're going to suffer the reproach of their actions. I don't want to be part of that. Don't want to be part of that. I don't want to get into the same situation because a lot of us end up having the same spirit just on the opposite side of the argument. We end up being just like our opponent or our enemy, we call them. We end up acting just like them, just on the other side of the, of the argument. And this is what I feel like. Go ahead and come forward, guys. Get my ushers up here. I feel really strong today, one of the reasons I put this at the end of the service. Hey Timmy, would you would you help, Timmy? I've called. I've known you since you're a little tiny guy. I shouldn't call you that, brother Tim. Thank you. But as I've been preparing for this this week, this remembering is what this bringing the body back together and repenting for our coldness, repenting for our divisions, repenting for our, our hatefulness and anger and animosity in the body of Christ. You know, there there's, there's ministries and preachers They preach a lot of stuff that I don't exactly agree with, but I refuse to set myself against them. Why? Because that's God's child. That's God's child. And so if I set myself against them, I might disagree with them, but I'm not going to set myself against them because they're the children of God, just like I'm a child of God. And, and, and God, all I need to do is ask God to bless them and, and let his spirit be upon them because God, God's in charge of correcting his, ch- his own kids. If I get a chance to talk to them, I'll let them know that I don't agree with that, but I'm not going to mistreat them. No. I'm not going to out them. I've had the opportunity to do that and I refuse to do it. I've had the amazing blessing of being able to go behind the scenes and live out recovery with pastors and their wives without making a public spectacle of them and help heal them I've had pastors call me and say, "I've got this problem with my staff. What should I do?" I said, "Don't do anything. Don't do anything. Let me come. Let me meet with them. Let us help them behind the scenes. Let's not cause. A, let's not cause devastation. Let's not cause devastation. Let's repair. Let's heal. Let's restore." You that are spiritual, restore such a one. Thank God for for His mercy. Amen. Thank God for His mercy. There's nothing stronger than somebody that's failed and been restored because they know who they are and they know where they came from and they're and they're. They're out to help everybody that they can help. Amen.